Trigger warning and discretion is advised. In this episode, we discuss some subjects that may be too mature, disturbing, or triggering for some listeners. Trigger warnings include mention of suicide and bodily harm. The areas in the episode mentioning these topics will be clearly marked and give the listeners time spots to jump to if they choose to skip these topics. Listener discretion is advised. (laughs) Hello, ghosties. Welcome back to Ghostie Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Willow. And I'm your host, Alyssa. And today we are going to talk about mediumship, but specifically what it's like to be able to see and interact with those who have passed. Before we start, we want to remind you that everyone has different views on things, and that's okay. We don't ask you to believe what we do. We just want to share what we found in our personal path with others. For those interested in booking a session, learning more about us, and subscribing to the newsletter, check out our websites in the description below. Go check it out. Yeah, Subscribe. Okay, so we have a couple different questions that people have sent in about mediumship, but before we get into the questions, we just kind of want to talk about what it's been like living with this ability because both Mm -hmm. Alyssa and I have been able to see and interact with spirits since we were children, really, uh, for Mm -hmm. as long as I can remember and she can remember, we've just been able to see them and hear them and interact with them. So we'll just kind of share what that's like before we get into the questions. But obviously, as always, there's timestamps in the description. So if you want to skip ahead to somewhere, that's how you do that. Mm -hmm. All right. So Alyssa, what, what has it been like, like growing up? Have you ever been like judged for being able to see things or like made fun of or something? You know what? I kept things close to the chest, to be honest. Like a Mm -hmm. lot of the experiences that I had when I was younger, I would share them with my mom because she was around. And I actually didn't find out until recently that she was super aware of that. We were just talking about how, um, by the way, hi mom. (laughs) We were just talking about how she like listens to the podcast and stuff. And and we were talking about my abilities and it just, you know, for some reason it came up when it came up instead of much earlier. And I was like, you know, that doesn't come. Does that come as a surprise to you? She's like, no, Alyssa, you've been able to see things since you were a kid. And I was like, oh my God. So it's not all in my head. (laughs) Like, I just, I just, I knew that I was having experiences, but sometimes memories are sometimes a little bit hard to hold on to and sometimes they change over time Mm -hmm. right so there were certain things that I would experience that I'm like I don't know if that was just me in my head maybe it was a dream maybe it didn't really happen so that was a good sort of like solidification for me that I definitely was experiencing things but I kept I kept it really close to the chest and to be honest it's because around the time when I was growing up it's very taboo. Like this is when like the craft came out and like people had like, yeah, you know, early nineties. Like, yeah. Like mid early nineties. Like that's, that's where there was kind of, I wouldn't, I didn't, I don't actually don't even know if that was another sort of wave of the satanic panic or not, but mm-hmm. there was a whole lot of uh, judgment and sort of taboo yeah. around it. And so I just never felt like that was something to talk about because nobody talked about it in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime someone would talk about it, they were seen like, well, because you would see interviews of mediums on, you know, Tyra or Oprah or something like that. And people would just treat it kind of like it was just a joke. And even though there were people who took it seriously, like it was really hard to find people like that. And especially with where I grew up, which was like 
about an hour outside of Reno, Nevada. It just it was a kind of a rural, like small town and just more so on the conservative side in the sense mm -hmm. that it was more so Christian based beliefs yeah. or atheistic. And so people would just like, I was very open about it because I tell people everything like <laughs> trust you do within the first, within the first 10 minutes of meeting me, you're not, you're going to know a lot about my life. So I would very openly talk to people about it because people would obviously notice me like staring off into the distance and they'd be like, you okay? And I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm just looking at the man over there. And they're like, what man are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, you haven't seen him? Like he's walking around here, which, so I used to take theater. If that's a surprise to anybody, I don't know how long you've known me because like, it's not a surprising thing, but <laughs> uh, I took theater growing up. And if you've ever been to Carson City, Nevada, there is a place called the Brewery Arts Center. And it obviously used to be a brewery. I know, super big surprise. When it was a brewery, there was rumors of this older man who um, just kind of stayed with the building, like after it was um, out of commission for a really long time before becoming an art center. And I knew nothing of the history of that building when I first went there, but I always had seen um, his ghost and just interacted with him just like he was anybody else. And so he would kind of like show up and pop up, especially when we were doing shows and we would always have like weird activity, you know, backstage when we would be doing shows, like things would go missing or lights would randomly turn on and there would be like knocks at the doors and stuff like that. Um, it was actually really fun. It was, it was pretty cool. But when I did tell someone eventually, um, which actually it was someone who I connected with later in life. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers when I was first going uh, and getting a following on TikTok, I had someone who was helping on my team named Chloe. And she was actually- I remember. In, yeah, she was in theater with me. And she was one of the first people I told about what I was seeing. And she was like, that's really cool. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we ended up connecting a little bit later in life. And, and she helped me kind of get off the ground. And I just- Shout out to Chloe. If you're listening to this, like, thank you so much for all of your help. But she was one of the first people to like, kind of listen to me about stuff like that. Um, in addition to some childhood friends that I had at church who were just really open uh, to that kind of stuff. Um, I have a childhood friend, uh, Julia, who's just always been really, really open about that and just kind of took it as, as it was and didn't really judge me for it. But there were people at church who were concerned, you know, whenever I would talk about that stuff at, at church and things like that. But I, I was really open about it with my family and nobody really said anything. Like nobody was like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that or anything like that. They didn't really shut it down. It was more so the world outside of our house that did. Mm -hmm. And eventually I just kind of stopped talking about it because it didn't seem that anybody else was experiencing what I was experiencing. So I just kind of let it go. And it wasn't until we had a death within the family that it really kind of exploded for me. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is mm -hmm. not fake. Because what I was experiencing, other people were experiencing not in the way that I was, but like able to confirm what I was getting. And it wasn't until years and years later after that experience where my sister had a, a, an experience the night of the, the family member passing away as well that my sister brought it up and she was like, did you see anything that night? And I was like, oh, shit. 
because I always thought I was making it up. I always thought that it was a part of the trauma around that night that I was just processing it of, you know, seeing our family member across the room standing with a man in dark, fancy clothes. And it wasn't until I talked to my sister that I was like, oh my God, I wasn't the only person that saw it. So obviously like it was really cool knowing that my sister also has those abilities, but also that I wasn't crazy and I didn't make it up and, and it wasn't just all in my head. So it's things like that really helped me to kind of, I guess, solidify my own belief in my abilities around that. And over the years, obviously it's been easier to have experiences where I'm validated and, and get confirmation of my abilities just through sessions and interacting with people now that I'm more open about it. But growing up, it was really tough because I just, when you don't talk about something, you can't get confirmation about it because nobody knows about it, you know? Yeah, that's pretty um, much where I was too. It was just like, mm -hmm. I didn't really talk about it. So it just, it became one of those situations where you really just don't know if what you're experiencing is, is normal or not, or like if you're just completely losing your fucking mind. But you know, the interesting thing was when I started being more open about it, because I'm an interesting person, I'm open, but yet I'm private. It's like, I'm very, very, very interesting fern. <laughs> I don't know why I'm like this, but I'm like, I will tell you a lot, but like, not a everything and mm -hmm. so it's she'll be vulnerable she just won't be emotionally vulnerable yeah there's a difference there's a difference <laughs> <laughs> you're secret i know secrets because i'm just like don't look at me i'm naked but do it's, not perceive me <laughs> do not perceive me in such a way it's like i have to craft honestly you know what let's get real vulnerable here for a second because yeah let's do it. i yeah let's do it growing up, especially in my teenage years and like preteen, teenage and, and early 20s, I crafted a very, very, very specific Alyssa that the world mm -hmm. was to see and to experience. Yeah. And that Alyssa had nothing to do with paranormal, had nothing to do with ghosts and was completely just a, a curated person that I could control that I knew other people approved of and didn't question. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But that wasn't the same Alyssa that I woke up and went to bed with. You see what I'm saying? Right, so it's like, right. it's so relieving now. I got to say, there's a sense of relief, huge relief. Yes. That comes yes. with finally just taking off the mask and just being like, okay, guys, I see dead people. Like, okay, yeah. I do. I see dead yeah. people. Is that weird for you? Cool. Well, I still see them. So you yeah. know, there's one there, there's one over there. Like it's, it's honestly, as soon as I was comfortable enough to just be my authentic self as close as I knew how at the time when I first started getting open about it, it was terrifying. I was so scared because I didn't want people to think I was fucking nuts. I didn't want people yeah. to chuck me into the mental hospital because I'm like, listen, there are other reasons I should be there, but it shouldn't be because I'm seeing dead stuff. <laughs> like, like, let's just be honest here. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, my mental health is more of a problem than the dead people. Okay. Yeah, trust. <laughs> the dead people, they will tell me what's legit. Yeah. They'll real be people, like, it's okay. And real dead people, people are just like, here's the shit together. <laughs> Dead people, I often times prefer them over real people. They're so because sweet sometimes. They're so nice. They're so honest. What purpose do they have to be anything but what they are? You know, once I started getting really open about what I was experiencing, the validation started flowing in yes. so nonstop. 
And I was like, yes. whoa, 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 holy shit. Okay, word. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's go yeah. with this. Well, because like growing up in the church, I, I do remember kind of going through the same thing where like when you're really young, you don't know that you can kind of you, almost you wear a mask yeah. of like being this quote unquote normal person yep. who can't experience spirit and doesn't, you know, see anything. But then during like my late teen years into college. So around the time of like 16 years old to about, well, I would say about 15 to like 20, maybe around 18. I just kind of, I didn't shut it off because you can't really, but like, I just ignored it. I just pretended yep. that it didn't exist. And when I would come home, I would acknowledge it, but in private. Yep. And I wouldn't talk about it with anybody. I wouldn't really open up to people about it. And it would just be something that I kind of kept to myself because I just wanted to see what it was like to live my life without that part of me. And it was awful. Mm -hmm. It was awful because there is always that knowing of this isn't who I am. And it honestly sent me into such an identity crisis yeah. On top of the normal identity crisis that you go through during that time of your life, it sent me into this space where I was like, I want to know who I am, but I don't want to have to accept who I am because who I am scares me to share with anybody else. You kind of just have to get to the point where you just don't care about just don't freaking care. people out anymore. Because if you are scared about people knowing, you're never going to be able to be honest with yep. people around you because- yep. It's something that is very vulnerable. And um, if you tell the wrong person, you know, people can use it against you. But over the years, especially like through sessions, even just without even trying, you know, I would be doing a card reading for someone or uh, actually just the other day. This is a really good example. I just the other day, I did a DD session or a DD message session for someone, which is just where I tune in and allow a DD to come through to give someone a message. Alyssa and I both do them. And I was tuning into Archangel Azrael for this person, which is uh, an angel that I have had around me for as long as I can remember. And in a lot of cultures, he's known as the angel of death. He's one of my main waypoints when I do mediumship. And so he was coming through for this client and just kind of giving them the message that they needed to hear at that time. But I really strongly had someone coming through for this person. And, you know, when that happens in someone's session, I, I'm not going to just ignore it because I know that there's a reason why they're coming through. And I trust that there's a reason why that's happening. So I was like, hey, you know, I don't know if this is going to make sense for you, but I'm really strongly feeling the presence of this person. This is what they look like. This is the, um, Katra, can you stop? Sorry, the ghost in my apartment is like knocking on the walls. <laughs> Oh, was that her? She's like, hello. Yeah. She was like, hello. Um, she wants to tell I'm babysitting. her story. I'm babysitting a ghostie from one of my clients' houses. <laughs> um, that's another story for another time. But um, <laughs> she's like, oh, you're talking about me. And it's like, of course, she stopped knocking once I started talking about her. You can come over and like, like sit with me while I'm doing this if you want. 
Okay. She's happy about that. Um, anyways, so this, <laughs> this spirit was coming forward for this person. And I was like, I don't know if this, any of this information makes sense, but I just want to pass it on. You know, if you don't ever want to like confirm what I'm getting, that's totally fine. If it doesn't make sense for you, no worries. But I, this is just coming through so strongly that I really think that it's something that I need to be sharing with you. I, I shared the information and the client got back to me afterwards and was like, yeah, like some of it makes sense. And like who you're talking about is someone that I recognize. Some of the information didn't quite make sense to me. And I was like, okay, you know, no worries. Like it's not a big deal. You know, if it makes sense, it makes sense. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But that was about five or six days ago. And the client just got back to me today and said that they had talked with other family members in their family. There was a specific nickname that this person had used for my client when they came through. And the client hadn't known this person when they were growing up. So they only knew them when they were an uh, infant. So they wouldn't know like the nicknames that they would commonly use. So they were talking to someone who knew this person in life and they were able to confirm that the nickname that came through for that client from that person who had passed was actually a term that they would commonly use. And they had no idea. And that. it's really nice because it's confirmation that when something comes through really strongly, there's a reason. Now, I do want to mention that this is not some information that I would normally just go up to someone in a grocery store and give. Okay, I don't feel so, that that's appropriate. No. Yeah. But, and I'm so glad you're talking about that because that's yeah. one of my biggest pet peeves. Well, because I don't of... want people to think that just because it's in a session, like you can't yeah. share it. But I, I do think it's important to remember that ethics are, are something yeah. to keep in mind. And if someone is not expecting a family member to come through. I think that's something that you should listen to. I will be implementing, and now that I know that they're going to start probably doing that, I'm going to start implementing a consensual box that people check. You know, if someone comes through from the other side during your session, would you like me to share that with you? Because I think it's important to have that consent just in case it happens, even though it happens fairly rarely, but I still want to know for sure that they would want something like that to come through for them. Mm -hmm. um, because there are some people who have family members on the other side that they don't want to hear from. And mm -hmm. I don't want to be in a, a session, have a situation like that happen, share that information and then have it you know, be really detrimental to that client. So this is a client that has come to me before and very clearly has stated that they're comfortable with that. So that's the only reason why I felt comfortable doing that. But I wouldn't have done that likely if it hadn't been a situation where I knew that they would be comfortable with that. Um, so I just want to point that out because I do think that ethics are so, so important in the mediumship space and they're not utilized enough. I would agree with that wholeheartedly without question. And I mean, it's kind of, as far as the validation that you were talking about and that sort of confirmation that it's really nice when that happens, although it's not something that necessarily you or I need in order to continue yeah. to connect with spirit, but it is nice to have. And when I'm thinking about some of like the most poignant validation that I've had, it, it's honestly been in situations where I just completely am trusting what I'm getting. I'm completely yeah, trusting yeah. that everything I'm seeing and hearing is just, that is what it is. And I'm not overthinking mm -hmm. it too much. There might be some people who are listening who were present during some of our live streams where I was doing some free mediumship with Adi's. 
um, helping me out. And <laughs> those two times where the, the <laughs> two two spirits came forward and I was just sharing literally everything that they were showing me. Like there was pie and there was kitchens and there was a bouncing butt. I'm not even joking. There was a bouncing butt. <laughs> so it's just like, even if it's the most strange thing, it's just like trusting that spirit's showing you something because it has relevance in some way, yeah. form or fashion. And, and that does happen. Like, I love it when clients are like, I, I don't know about that. And then they come back a few days later and they're like, Whoa. So I was yeah. talking to so-and-so and you're like, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's so nice to like, because you don't know what someone's sign is going to be. No, nope. you know, I like have a clue. if, yeah, if I were to, for whatever reason, pass before Alyssa and we were to come up with a sign that we would give each other from the other side to let us know that it was confirmation that it's us, it might be something ridiculous. And someone yep. who doesn't know us or doesn't know about our connection and things like that may think that what's coming through is absolutely re- just ridiculous totally and so out there, you know? Yeah. But to us, like imagine somebody picking up on me or you and just being like, I'm seeing a potted fern and yeah, I don't like, understand so many plants, but specifically like, ferns. What is with all these ferns? <laughs> and you're just like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, that's, that's Alyssa. That's, that's Alyssa for you. And so, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, that's part of being a medium as well is sometimes you get confirmation or invalidation and sometimes you don't. And yeah. And you have to be okay with not getting confirmation because yes. it will happen sometimes. Yep. And there are times that like this is kind of a good segue into missing person cases, which mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. Alyssa and I, we do tune into missing person cases every once in a while. And we tune into missing person cases. And when we're doing that, there are many times that we never get answers because sometimes the families never get answers. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what you are tuning into is simply for the family to take as a way to find clarity and or peace with the situation, given that they don't have any answers outside of what you're picking up for them. So there are many times with those kind of cases where we don't have confirmation for what we get and you have to be okay with that. And I think that's important to remember as mediums that our job isn't to get confirmation for our abilities. Our job is to bring peace for those who are dealing with loss and while simultaneously yeah while simultaneously trusting that the spirit that's coming through and who's giving you messages has you know is giving you what the other person needs to know not what you need to know right right they're gonna come through and their messages aren't for you it's for the other person and so it might not connect with you personally but it will connect with the other person so it, it comes back to really trusting yourself and that's that I think is the biggest hurdle of of any spiritual journey, but especially one where you're, where you're dealing with spirits, where that validation isn't ever a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. Um, but if you do get it, it, it does really, really help in building that confidence where you're like, okay, I am like, Ooh, that really, really helps with my confidence and making sure that like I'm doing things the right way and that I'm, and that I'm doing the spirits and the people justice. Like I'm doing Mm -hmm. the best I can to facilitate the bridge between the physical and the spiritual realm and being that bridge can be, and and this is another good segue, I think be into some of the pros and cons. I think 
But being that bridge can be really great. It can be so moving and emotional and it can be emotional for days. Like Arl and I have had situations after certain things that we have tuned into where we are just emotionally. We're down for like a couple days. Wrecked where we're just wrecked for days. And that, that could be a variety of things. It could be because what we experienced, what we were shown or what we saw was really, really intense. uh, Intense. It was intense. And things that you wouldn't you wouldn't really know how to talk to someone about like, I, yeah. do, how graphic do I want to get with one of my examples is my big question right now. So I think I'm going to do a well, little disclaimer. I think also, yeah. And I think also it's, it's important to remember that like when you're tuning in to people who have passed, even if you don't know them, you're tuning mm-hmm. into that energy of that person, yeah. which makes you feel like you know them. Yep. I'm never going to claim that, you know, I know someone just because I tuned into their spirit. You know, I, I don't ever want to make that assumption, that bold claim, but you do become familiar with that person's energy. So especially mm-hmm. when it's missing person cases, because it's someone who one has recently passed and is still being grieved, but also tuning into a situation where someone um, maybe like passed before they were expecting to, it can be really tough because you just, it, it just, it hits you and you're just like, oh my gosh, life is so short, you know? And it does make you appreciate it, but also mourn for the loss. Yeah, absolutely. It can be really, really hard, you know, and, and sometimes it can keep that emotional toll going for a few days, sometimes even longer. There have been a handful of times where there have been certain experiences with certain spirits that have come through where they stay in my dreams for a while, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and even though we do the best we can to like sever certain connections and like cleanse and stuff so that we're we're, like good to go. Sometimes it's just, it's not always that easy, but on the, on the flip side, you can have really amazing experiences, moving experiences where the messages that the spirit is passing on to someone else really resonates with you too. And you take a message away with you as, and that becomes a pivotal point sometimes in our practice as well. So I think it's, it honestly being a medium is a lot of fun and it's really weird and it's a little freaky sometimes. (laughs) And sometimes you see some really beautiful things and sometimes you see some really fucking freaky shit. And I know somebody's going to ask me, what do I mean by freaky shit? So, okay. Just, I'm going to be honest with you guys. We're going like, to give a disclaimer and I'll yeah. I'll have a timestamp um, yeah. of the stuff we're going to go over to let you know like that during that time we're going to be talking about some possibly graphic things. Yeah. For those wanting to skip graphic details and or talk of suicide, I encourage you to skip ahead to 3253 in the time. But I think it's really important to be very honest about what it can be like. And so, you know, so... For example, there have been experiences where there have been spirits that have come through, and and this happens with Ariel as well sometimes too as well, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) where they'll come through, and this is, you never know. You never know how they're going to appear. You just don't know. They might show up in their death state, (laughs) and that's always. Which is exactly what I was about to say, is sometimes they show up how they look the moment that they've passed, and that could be just as graphic. Or after decomposition. Yeah, yeah. Or decomposition. yeah. So for me, I don't really get the after decomposition as much as I do at their death state, 
or at a state of being that they've chosen that they liked themselves the most like yeah you yeah. know if they were like passed when they passed, or something like yeah that. like especially if they pass when they were really old like older mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. sometimes they'll they'll come through looking like you know in their 30s or 40s where they're looking like real yeah. snatch but yeah. sometimes That's the same with my grandma <laughs> like she'll come <laughs> she passed around like 80 but she comes through the way that she looked in like her thirties or forties. I love that so much because you can, you can choose how you come through, yeah. but sometimes yeah. they don't realize either that they've passed. So mm -hmm. they don't, sometimes we experience spirits that don't know that they've passed and they don't know that they've turned up, you know, with uh, no arms yeah. or something, you know yeah. what I mean? Or like I've had a, a, a woman that came in, um, and I was, I was sitting on my bed one night, like scrolling through my phone or reading. I can't remember. Um, but the lights were kind of low and I'm just sitting there on my bed and this woman without a head just comes around the mm -hmm. corner. I was like, um, yep. whoa. And yep. she was like, she was like, can you help me? And I was like, sure. What, how, how, how can we, how can I help you? <laughs> she was like, I can't see anything and I don't know where I'm at. And I was like, okay, yeah. Of course. Um, let's get you some help. I was like, so are you aware that you've passed? And she was like, I, I kind of figured. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, well, this is my friend Azrael. He's going to help guide you forward and stuff like that. But it can be tough because you don't know how aware they are of what's going on. Because yeah. I've accidentally told spirits that they're dead and then we have a whole experience where they're just yeah. like what and i'm just like oh my god i'm so sorry yeah. sometimes you have to be rl and i are very gentle with spirits just because I, i'm so gentle i so squishy i'm, I'm you I'm, are like you've gone through something really traumatic so i'm gonna mm -hmm. be like as gentle with you as possible i approach it the way that i would approach rate approach someone with trauma like well, you've exactly. gone through a, yeah. an experience that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I'm going to be as gentle with you as possible because I want to make you feel safe in yeah. going wherever you need to go. Yeah, because it can so. be sometimes confusing for them and they might yeah. not know what's going on. Yeah. And I also like to treat it like how I would want you know, my grandmother or someone to be treated. Like I always remember that somebody out there loves this spirit and that they have a story, they have a life and, you know, like treat them like people. Cause that's what they were. Yeah, <laughs> and we're talking yeah. specifically about human people as well, who have passed on, not other entities or spirits, but specifically people who have passed. But, um, but yeah, so, so sometimes, you know, you can get and, and for me, the most recent one, and, you know, I've already told you about this one, and I haven't had an experience that was quite this graphic since this, um, but this is the one that's most recent, is I was, um, you know, laying in bed, and Scott was next to me as my husband. He was snoring away, and I just got this weird feeling, like I just had to, like I spend, I, I fucking love Reddit. Okay, guys, if you don't know that... <laughs> I am literally obsessed with Reddit. I am so obsessed. Okay. I spent an ungodly amount of time on there. And there was this specific subreddit that I wasn't even like a part of. And I just felt like I had to go in there and I saw this photo and it was um, a, a strange photo. And next thing I know, there is this young man who was like just walking up towards my bed and I was like, oh, hi. And he's like, hi and I'm like oh my god and I realized that he had appeared to me 
in his death state because he had um he had uh committed suicide and he had so good thing we have a disclaimer uh yeah yeah, yeah i'll put he, a really clear disclaimer yeah yeah he had committed suicide um uh by hanging and so he had the marks and whatnot on his neck and he had um no shirt on and whatnot so he was basically exactly as he would have looked when he was found essentially and I don't think he realized that that's what he looked like because he he somehow we got connected through the photo because that was his that was the photo that uh, the photo I was looking at was where it happened and mm. that was confirmed as well afterwards but I didn't really realize I was like wait this is so strange like what are you doing here and he just sat there on my bed and he was just talking to me just about his life and just why he made the decision that he did and I didn't you know I would never kick him out or anything it was a little it was a little weird for me you know not gonna lie it was like two o'clock in the morning it was a little strange but (laughs) that's 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 life you know that's life as a medium so you know I just kind of chatted with him a little bit and then he when he was comfortable enough he said okay I'm gonna go now and I was like okay it was really great to talk to you and if you ever want to come back again you always have a place wherever I am and he yeah. hasn't he hasn't come back since, but maybe he will. But I, I keep it open for him and with other spirits because sometimes they just want to talk. Sometimes yeah. they just want to share yeah. whatever it is they want to share. And so it, it's not always, um, you know, someone in a Victorian gown standing in a window. Right, sometimes right. it's a little bit more graphic than that. Yeah. A lot of people are just like, why are there no modern ghosts? And I'm like, there are. There are. are. Oh yeah. He had, he had, yo, he had nipple piercings. Like this was recent. Like this was like 2021 that he had passed. Like there's super recent people who have passed. It's not always just Victorian era. (laughs) Yeah. And, and the other thing is that sometimes they can come through in dreams. Like there was, um, an experience, uh, maybe a day or two after hell was like, you're a death witch. And I, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay. And, um, she <laughs> okay. was like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. And she was like, I'm going to give you an experience so that you can confirm that this is something that you want to be doing moving forward. Because I kind of hesitated like committing to death witchery. Like I wanted to do it, but I don't know that I felt at the time that I was like, I know this sounds ridiculous, but like worthy of it. And so she was like, oh, I'll give you an experience that helps you to confirm that this is the right path for you. And I was like, awesome. Okay, neat. You know, thinking that it was just going to be like connecting to someone's grandma or something. Little did you well, know. <laughs> little did I know. A couple days after that, um, I, I, I think it was about one or two days. And I had this vivid, like visceral nightmare. And it was not like a a weird nightmare where there was, you know, a very surreal circumstances. It was just regular everyday life, but like I was living it and it was honestly too graphic for me to feel comfortable sharing here. And also like just out of respect of the spirits that experience even with the disclaimer, it's pretty, even with, even with the disclaimer, like it. It just has to do with the gross mistreatment of of people. And I woke up with one of the spirits of the people who had been wronged. And 
they were very kind and they were just like, you know, I, I would like to find some peace. And I'm wondering if you would be comfortable doing a ceremony for me and the other spirits um, so that we have someone witnessing us passing on. And I was sobbing so hard that when mm. I sent Alyssa the voice memos to tell her what was going on, she couldn't understand me. Mm -mm. Um, and she was like, girl, I like, you're obviously upset and I want to listen to you, but I can't understand a word you're saying. So I had to just like sob for a couple minutes before I let her know like what was happening. And we both did ceremonies for them just to kind of, you know, not necessarily like facilitate them crossing over because I, I don't see it as me doing that. It was just mm -hmm. to witness their passing yeah. and witness what they went through and, and allow them to know that there was someone who acknowledged what happened to them mm -hmm. and that someone cared about them crossing over. And, mm -hmm. um, that, that really impacted me for like a week. Like I was, that experience was one of the most it was moving. so intense for you so, for sure. So moving for you for sure. But also for me too, like just being able to talk with that spirit and the other ones yeah. as well, even like, yeah. because listen, some of you might be like, well, how did she do? How did you guys do when you're not in the same space? space the spirits don't it, it just confined. Works. i don't know yeah. they're <laughs> not confined like, by physical yeah. boundaries you know what i mean like yeah. they don't care if there's a border they don't give mm -hmm. a fuck yeah. they don't care so you know helping helping ariel and those spirits with that ex with that was really really moving and it, it, you know even talking about it makes my heart clench quite a bit i know um I'm my heart my yet. heart yeah yeah but it's 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 good tears because we know yeah. that it was, it was a positive outcome well, to a very bad situation. Yeah. And it's, it's not just like it. The thing that made me the most emotional was just the honor of being able to do that for them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like it wasn't, sure. yeah. it wasn't that what they went through was difficult because it was, and it was awful, but it was the honor of mm -hmm. being someone that they felt comfortable enough coming to and asking that from. And that, that was what got me. Yes. And then despite how they were treated, they were some yeah. of the most kind, so kind. sweet, sweet spirits that, you yeah. know, we've ever, that I've ever met. And that, you know, I'm pretty sure for you too, Arl, that they were, pretty, yeah, just they were so really kind really yeah. kind. And so sometimes you get glimpses into some of the worst and the best parts of humanity all in one experience. And it's hard. And there is no doubt that mediumship can take a toll on people. And some people choose to not embrace that gift. And some people yeah. choose to embrace it. And you do need to learn how to cope. And part of yeah. my, you know, part of my coping mechanism is being able to talk to people about it. And, and of course yeah. I talked to Ariel oh my about God. literally it's, all of it. Oh, it's such a relief to have other mediums in my life because we have, we have another friend of ours named Becca mm -hmm. and she's a medium as well. And, um, so all three of us can, you know, share experiences that we're having and, um, and just kind of like talk about it and, and just kind of release that energy because, you're not really going to be able to process it the same way with someone who doesn't experience that. Like yeah. I can, I, I talked to Corey about 
you know, the, the nightmare that I had and the experience that I had, and he was very sympathetic, but it's just not quite the same. Like they're not going to quite understand what it's like and why it's taken such a toll unless they experience it themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I, I almost feel like it's, it's, it's similar to people like within the healthcare field, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you're not a doctor and you don't have someone die on your table, it's hard to have people who don't experience that understand yeah. like what that's like. And mm -hmm. there's just certain things that people do in their lives where you don't really have people unless they have experienced something similar, understand and be able to sympathize with you and give you a space to share and talk about it and really feel heard. So it's, it's just a relief to have people like Becca and Alyssa who I can talk to and just kind of process everything because it can be really heavy, but it can be really amazing. And, mm -hmm. um, it just, uh, it's a lot sometimes. Yep. It really is a lot. And I mean, that's, um, that's the hard truth. So yeah. sometimes, you know, I think it's important to talk about this aspect of being a medium as well. It's sometimes it's more than, than just being able to tune into, you know, someone's lovely grandmother sometimes it can yeah. be a little bit more intense than that yeah, yeah. um and it can but be scary it too especially when the scary. Guy, if the spirit doesn't know what's going on and they're mm -hmm. freaking out that yeah. can be really scary as a practitioner yeah. like i i honestly don't get freaked out by many things anymore like it just you kind of become <laughs> a little desensitized to things but when you have a spirit who isn't aware of really what's going on, which honestly, it doesn't happen as often as they make it seem like in mm. ghost shows or in paranormal investigative shows, like most of the time spirits know what's happening. And I don't personally believe that, that spirits can be stuck. I believe that they can be confused, but I don't believe that they can be stuck. So because of that, like, it's not really a, a, a worry of like, you know, are, are they aware of like how to cross over? It's more of like, they're just confused as, as to where they're at and they just need someone to like point at a compass and be like, here's North. And then mm -hmm. they can figure it out from there. Yeah. But it's, it's when they are kind of causing a ruckus without even realizing it, or when they're trying to get attention because they're trying to get help or, you know, it just, it can be really chaotic and that can turn scary sometimes when you don't know what's going on or when you are someone who doesn't have the ability to to see and interact with spirit like that's really unnerving and it's really um unsettling to just have things you know oh, moving yeah. around or things happening or hearing voices and it can just And be I mean really like tough. there's sometimes that's kind of why I treat mediumship as best I can as an on and off switch because it's kind mm -hmm. of like I try to, and so that's why I rely really heavily on Adis to help me with this stuff because he yeah. kind of, like you have Azrael and you have like hell. Mm -hmm. Adis is like my dude. Like he, I lean on him to help me a lot with kind of like maintaining order because yeah, I actually just described this the other day in a session. So this is kind of how I just, I describe being a spiritual person, but it applies really well to people who are mediums. It kind of, to me, is like a beacon in the night. If you, if you kind of think of like Professor X when he puts on the helmet and he's like searching the whole globe to find the mutants and they kind of light up in the dark. Like, if you, you know what I'm talking about if you've seen the movie. Um, I kind of feel like it's the same as spiritual people who interact with spirits. It's like 
you almost, when you, when you open yourself up, when you open your energies up to receiving spirit, you open yourself up to allowing them into your space and communicating with them. You almost become this lighthouse in the night and they flock to you like bugs to a light. And it can be really hard sometimes to manage all of the people coming through. And so that's why, you know, so Ariel has, um, Azrael and has hell, uh, to help her with um, dealing with some of the, if you will, the cue is what I kind of mm-hmm. call it in my head. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, we've got a cue going. Yeah. And then Adi's is who helps me with the cue. But sometimes if you have a really, really disoriented spirit who is just really fucking confused and scared and lost, yeah. they will push themselves to the front of the line and it will become really intense and chaotic, which, you know, you kind of have to learn when you're, when you're, when you're communicating with the dead, you do have to, you, you have to have a certain sensibility to do it. Like I, I truly feel you have to be a, a certain kind of person to know how to deal with dead people because it, you have to be very gentle. You have to be aware of what they're experiencing or what they have gone through and also aware of what you don't know, of what you don't know what they've gone through and that you may yeah. not completely understand how confusing and scary it might be for them sometimes. So I just feel like there's a sense of responsibility that comes with being a medium where when you do have situations where you have really intense, intense experiences with spirit, you really just got to take it in stride and just kind of do the best you can to help them while also helping yourself, like not putting yourself in a, in a place of detriment where you are like, where you allow them to, let's say, stick with you and kind of, right, unless you choose right. to have a spirit in your house, like Ariel and, and, and babysit them, they might just follow you around unless, <laughs> you, unless you lay, <laughs> yeah, unless you lay those boundaries down, they might just follow you because that, because you can talk to them, you can see them, you can yeah. interact with them, and that's what. Well, that's for. why it's so important. Like as as someone who deals with the dead, but also just spiritual people in general. Like this is the reason why we have so many protections around our spaces oh God, because yeah. it's too exhausting to always maintain it yourself. Before I had protections that were just you know, regular everyday protections that were always going rather than something I had to always set up and and take down and set up and take down. I was having a lot more activity in my apartments, Mm -hmm. which, you know, some people might be comfortable with, but on an everyday basis, one, it gets to your head. It doesn't allow you to really be present in your everyday life. It's hard to like stay grounded when there's so much stuff going on or energy. Sometimes you just want to do the fucking dishes without interruption. Like, come on. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I just, I, sometimes like it's too much. And so I had to just learn how to set up protection around my home so -hmm. that there was a filter. And if they come through the filter, then I know it's something that I need to be addressing, you know, and it's not something that is just a random passer through as I call them. That's where the, the beings that can help you kind of mediate that come in really handy. And I do feel like a lot of mediums have those, whether it's deities or members of their spirit team that help them with it. But most mediums that I know have either spirit team members or deities or something else that help them with spirits that are coming through. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that. And one of the reasons that I talk about the most really, because 
when I was doing mediumship sessions um, outside of, of missing person cases, um, I was offering them like paid for a while. I was getting so exhausted doing the mediumship sessions and I couldn't figure out why until I talked to Azrael and he was like, well, you're reaching your energy like really far. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, you are reaching out rather than letting them come to you. And I think that's the issue. And so mm -hmm. I had to, instead of just imagining myself in a black void where they just come to me, I had to instead put myself mentally in a small, like almost like interrogation like room where Azrael would be the one or hell would be the one to go out and bring that person to me so that my energy was confined within that room and didn't have to reach further than that in order to connect with the person. Yeah. And that was a lot easier for me to do to maintain my energy levels when I was doing like mediumship sessions and things like that, because it just can get really too intense otherwise, because you're extending your energy too far. But there, there definitely is a lot of benefit that if you are a medium and you have not set up protection around your house, I highly, oh God, highly, highly recommend it because it really helps, especially if you have children who are mediums, mm -hmm. it's going to really help um, alleviate a lot of the spirits who may be coming in that aren't necessary to have there or have come through for your child and setting up that protection barrier and that filter can really help them to have better experiences with spirit to where it's not as intense and they're not having to deal with such maybe heavy energies or um, really, really maybe traumatic energies that can come through. And, and we do really, actually, really yeah, we do actually have an episode about cleansing, banishing and protection. So you should check it out if you are interested in learning about how you can set up protections for your home and how you can cleanse the energies of your home. Yes. Yes. So, so with this said, I kind of want to get into the questions we got. And we also had a question that people often ask us just in general, when we tell them that we're mediums. So the first question was why are ghosts more active at night or why spiritual activity seems to pick up at night? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't. No, <laughs> it, doesn't. it doesn't. It doesn't. Honestly, guys, it doesn't stop. It's, it's it never not stops. just it's not just a nighttime thing. It's, it's yeah. a daytime and nighttime thing. It's daytime yeah. and nighttime. I guess it, I, that's literally <laughs> the meme that I was thinking about when you were saying that. I was like, that's daytime. weird. It's daytime. It, it, honestly, <laughs> like what I, uh, what I believe is that the reason why we perceive them the most at nighttime is because there's less distractions. Mm -hmm. You're more, you're more focused. Like you're there's, more present in your space. You're more present. Correct. Yeah. And I think it kind of goes part and parcel with, I mean, we're right on spooky season. This episode's yeah. going to be released in October. We're coming right up mm -hmm. to Samhain. Samhain's coming Halloween. And you know, similar to in the similar vein, people are like, oh, you know, the veil is thinning. And I the just believe the veil is always <laughs> thin. It doesn't, it's not yeah. going to be thinner and ghosts don't come out more at night. They're just always around. So that's what I believe anyway. Yeah. I, I personally am on the same vein as Alyssa. I just, it, it, the reason why we experience more activity at night is one, like Alyssa said, we're just more um, open to it. We're more relaxed, but also you're not really thinking so much about kind of putting your guard up. Like you come home from work 
and you let your guard down because it's Mm -hmm. your home and that's where you can relax and that's where you can kind of just be and not really think about the world outside of your home. And so we're more apt to you know, notice things. And I think what's really interesting is you can see a prime example of this, of that when people were staying home during quarantine, a lot of people suddenly were like, oh my gosh, I'm having <laughs> spirit, you know, spiritual yeah. activity in my home. Mm-hmm. But it's always usually been happening, but maybe they just weren't noticing it as much because they weren't at home or they weren't as present. And when you are at home all the time, you notice when things feel off. You notice when there's a, a sound that you don't recognize. And so a lot of quarantine ghosts came out of hiding (laughs) and they were like oh well you're home all the time now so now I can chat with you um so yeah they're they're always active it's always ghosty time no matter what time of day it is there's there is uh the witching hour with with uh witchcraft but it's Mm -hmm. not a witching hour for ghosties it's ghosty Mm -hmm. hour every hour Every hour of the day. Yeah. Every hour is ghost hour. There's no happy hour. There's just ghost hour. (laughs) It's every time. It's all the time. I love it. It's ghosty hour somewhere. (laughs) I love that. Oh, my God. Another question that that we got I thought was really cool. And so, by the way, for those who don't know, when I say Adis, I'm saying Hades. (laughs) I yeah, realized when I yeah. said it, but people might not know, like, who the fuck is Adi? Yeah, that's Hades. proper pronunciation of his name. Yeah, that's Hades, the Greek, uh, the Greek god of the underworld, the king of the underworld. So the, 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 one of the questions that really stood out to me was this question that says, is going to a graveyard a reasonable place to practice or completely unnecessary? I really yes. like this question. I love this question because... I, I have answered this in videos and I believe a podcast episode before, but I wanted to go over it again because I thought it, it's just a great one to can continue talking about. To be honest, graveyards are some of the most peaceful places you can go to, mm-hmm. but it depends on the graveyard because some graveyards are much more active than others. When there are constantly visitors to graveyards, the graveyards and the spirits there are much more active. And much more present. But if you have a graveyard that is not very visited, um, it tends to be less occupied because there's just no reason for them to be there. There's nobody to interact with and things like that. Loved ones don't stay around their grave. They are there because you're there. Um, They're not stuck at their grave site. So like if you are wanting to go see your, your, uh, loved ones and you're not able to get to their gravesite and you're just feeling really guilty about it, please know that they are not confined to their gravesite. You can talk to them like they're in the room with you because yep. they probably are and they are not confined to their their grave. So it it's it should come as a comfort um, that you don't have to be visiting there. But it is always nice, a kind gesture to show them that you're willing to take the time out of your day to go see them and um, and visit their their body and their resting place. But it's not something necessary for you to communicate with them because there's ghosties everywhere, everywhere. And Walmart. I mean, I also... Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. So busy. Well, okay. So I'm... Ooh, uh, b- b- Any store, really. Schools. Any... schools are oh, yeah. so oh, active. So active. Schools are because one of the most active. you have the grandparents active. and stuff like that with the children. Honestly, it's so, so active. It's ridiculous. So many. Especially because children just have such 
high energy. Amazing like, spirits energy. Spirits love it. Spirits yeah. love it. Spirits love to, honestly, they just, schools, schools mm-hmm. are one of the most active in my experience, but I do want to, yeah. I do want to confirm that too in my experience as well. Yeah. Hospitals are pretty active and for a lot yeah. of different reasons. Yeah. Uh, the word cemetery is different than graveyard and cemetery yes. Yes. is, uh, comes from, it's a, there's a Greek root word of that word it comes from a greek word that means sleeping place and basically it's land that's like designated as a burial ground and what you know commonly associated to the roman catacombs but graveyard is kind of an interchange interchangeable word with cemetery but a graveyard is primarily a burial ground within a churchyard specifically um so like either a cemetery or a graveyard you can visit but um, I do want to say, I do want to answer this question in saying that it can be a reasonable place to practice if you want it to be. So if yes. you, for yes. example, are a death witch, so Ariel and I are death witches, mm-hmm. my practice does not necessitate me to go to graveyards or cemeteries, but I absolutely right. can. And I can yeah. interact with spirits there and pay homage to the spirits and pour wine libations to the ground for Adis and Mm -hmm. experience you know what I'm saying or sorry water libations yeah or if you're wanting assistance from spirits you Mm -hmm. can build a connection and a um, friendship with spirits in a certain cemetery or graveyard if you choose Mm -hmm. and that's something where you can do that over time or if you have specific loved ones that are within those grave sites, you can do that. But I think it's it's not necessary to practice there. I would love to have a graveyard to practice in because that is like a dream of mine mm-hmm. to be able to have like an old cemetery or graveyard that I can go to and practice with the spirits in a space like that because a lot of death witches and or just witches in general enjoy being in spaces like that because it's considered sacred ground. It's so and sacred. That's, yeah. And that's why a lot of people prefer to do things there because it's, it's basically like a space that's already set up for ritual because essentially what a funeral is, is a ritual. It and is that's why it's a- important yeah, it is a ritual. And that's why it's important mm-hmm. to have graveyard etiquette and cemetery yes. etiquette upon like leave, entering. Leave something coin, for the spirits. A coin yeah. at the at the gate. Or, or even or... flowers. Like just bring fresh flowers with you. You or can pour pick up water really... yeah. on the ground. Yeah, like just yep. bring a nice water bottle with you and, yep. and have it be like blessed water or whatever you feel comfortable with. You can bring or crystals. Honey. Yeah, you can bring crystals. You can be uh, bring um, treats for the wild animals there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can bring fresh flowers. Like there's so many different things that you can bring that are acceptable gifts for the spirits. And there's a couple different ways you can do that. Like when you're entering the the cemetery or the graveyard, some people will say that you should leave it at the gates, and you can do that. Or you can find the first headstone within the gate and that Mm -hmm. will be considered like the grave keeper Mm -hmm. uh, or the cemetery keeper if you will and you can leave gifts there but regardless just leave it at the entrance and you know enter and state your intentions whether it's just 
coming around and, and looking around and getting a feel for the energy, but talk to them while you're walking around, you know, tell them what you're doing and just al allow them to kind of feel you out almost as if you were going into someone else's home. You yeah. know, you're not going to walk in and be like, Hey, this is my house. <laughs> Do now. what I like, say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come, yeah. Present yourself and, and make, make me laugh. Like yeah, right, there's, right. There, you have to be, you know, treat, treat them with respect as, as mm -hmm. you would any burial place, you know, like it's, it's, it's a place of resting and a lot of people's loved ones have been buried there. So, yeah. you know, just treat it with respect. But also what I wanted to say is I have been asked this question before it. So where I come from on the East coast of Canada, we're often told to leave coins at the entryway of a gate versus the headstone. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it yeah. changes where you live, but for us, it's coins at the, at the gate or at the, mm -hmm. But the fence line because it typically it'll depends have on the line. area but also like the practice i believe yeah yeah, yeah. i think so i i mean yeah so i think it could just be maybe a, a culture thing i don't know but i have been asked before by somebody who said i walked past a a, a gate and i took the coins and i didn't realize that that might have been offensive what mm. do i do and i was like I, first of all, I love that you're asking this because yeah, I think it that shows that's, awareness. And I think that that's shows right. awareness. And this person who asked me this doesn't work with spirits, doesn't, you know, like doesn't really, isn't really super aware of like uh, th that kind of etiquette when it comes to working with spirits. So I simply told them to return the coin uh, plus more. So basically, yeah. like if you took 50 cents, give them a dollar or give them more or whatever and just say I apologize and you know like it, it doesn't have to be like this whole elaborate thing but I think it is important to show that gesture that like you didn't mean to like you didn't know and to just kind of re replace what you had what you had taken and and add a little more and it's then that's great and and they did that so they so that everything was fine but it's okay to not know, by the way. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Yeah, it happens. It happens. <laughs> but like, that's Especially also... kids. Like, they'll see, like, right. a pile yeah. of quarters and loonies and toonies and shit. Oh, y'all don't have loonies and toonies in the we States. We don't. Ah. I, what are you talking about? <laughs> a loony is $1 and a toonie oh is a $2 gosh. coin. Mm -hmm. That's so weird. I was thinking of Looney Tunes. <laughs> like, like, cartoons. It's called a loony because there's a loon on it. And so oh. it's a loony and it's one dollar. It's a one dollar coin. And then the toonie has like I think it's a polar bear on it. Oh, um, okay. Cause we have dimes, pennies, quarters, and nickels, as well as half dollars. Okay, so we have all of that except for half dollars because that would be two quarters, would be fifty cents. Yeah. So, but anyway, whatever. My point is is if kids see like a whole pile of change, you know, they might swipe it and not know. And the, if your kid does that, they're not going to be like, oh, we're going to damn this kid. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. If it's done it. with an, an innocent mistake, it's yeah. so much different than purposefully going there and knowing yeah. what you're doing. Like that's yeah. totally different. If you totally go in different. and, and I do want to mention this because I know that there's probably a scenario out there where someone can't go back to where they took the coin from. And my suggestion in that space would just be to go to your nearest graveyard and return mm -hmm. the coins there mm -hmm. because yeah. it's still it's still within a sacred space and just say you know I unknowingly took these coins or knowingly took these coins from a space that I had previously visited and I I ask that you take this as a, a gift of mm -hmm. you know my apologies 
of taking them without knowing or in the knowledge that I shouldn't have. And then just leave it at that. And that's a respectful way to do it because it's still being returned to the spirits in, in a way. Cause like we said, they're not, they're not confined by borders, nope. but it's still a way for you to return it without having to like go back to that exact, um, graveyard. Yeah. So that's, that's an, a way you can do that too. So another question that we got through our discord is how do you discern who is speaking to you? So in this particular case, it would be if spirit is trying to communicate directly to you, or if they're trying to direct, trying to communicate through you, meaning there would be a, a message to you for you or a message to you for somebody else. How do you discern yeah. who it is? That's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the first thing that comes to mind when I think about this is sometimes you may not be able to until you have a much better handle on energy signatures. Yeah, so yeah. there have been a lot of times, and it's okay, by the way, not to always know. Um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you just don't. Be able to tell. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you just don't know, and that's that's okay. Um, but it takes time to understand your energy signature and the energy signature of the spirits that you're interacting with so that you yeah. can kind of get a better read on who it is, who's talking to you. So sometimes spirit will talk to you a little bit differently when they have a message intended for you or a message intended for someone else. And I'm going to give you an example. So for me, when my spirit team or my ancestors or my deities or my guides or people like ancestors of people who have passed on and whatnot, when they're talking to me to give me a message, it's typically very direct. It's like they're in front of me and they're talking to me and that mm -hmm. is it. But if spirit is communicating with me to pass on a message to someone else, it's usually through visuals. It's like, yeah. they'll typically yeah. give me like, like memories or, yeah. Yeah. or mm -hmm. images of items or activities or something yeah. like that. Like it's, it's a little bit less like normal conversation, if you will, like just like yeah. we're having now it's, it's a little bit more convoluted and vague sometimes. And that's how I know for sure that what's coming through isn't necessarily intended for me, or at least it will lead me to ask questions and ask right. the spirit directly like, hey, are you coming through for me or for someone else? And this is where you can utilize divination. By the way, we have an episode on divination. There's tons yes. of divination so many. options so out many there. It's for so many. Like, it's actually insane. Yeah. Yes. There's so many for spopisation. And so <laughs> It, you know, that's where you can kind of divine or you can meditate, you can pull cards, whatever, whatever it is you want to do to kind of like get an answer. Like, are you coming through for me or are you coming through for someone else? But as yeah. far as like having that gut feeling, because you've asked that question, you already know that both of those scenarios happen. So that's a great yeah. start. Yeah. So if you are in a scenario where spirit is talking to you and you're like, oh my God, I don't think this is for me. This is just not landing right. This just isn't feeling like this is for me. Then follow that. And again, that's where those divination tools can come in, in handy if you don't want to rely on your clear abilities alone. But what do you think, Arl? I, I do agree with Alyssa's um, advice on that of that in regards to my personal experience with it, they do tend to be more direct when they're talking to me rather than talking through me to someone else because the way that I approach 
talking to someone else about a spirit coming through is typically because I am feeling a presence of a human spirit or a spirit around them. And then I'll start getting visions. And typically the visions will play out in the sense where they're showing me an object, they're showing me a memory, they're showing me a gesture or like something that they would do or something like that, that would make sense to that person. So that when you mention them, that to them, they will know who you're talking about. Like for example, confirmation. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like saying, Hey, um, does a, a check, uh, does a, a chess piece make sense to you? Like, do you play chess or something like that mm, to prompt, yeah. to have the person be like, mm, I don't know, would this apply to someone who has passed on? Mm-hmm. And then they can kind of go from there because for you, you would already know if mm-hmm. it was someone who was related to you, who wanted to talk to you, you would know if it made sense to you or if it was something that you needed to like be taking as a message from them. But if you're not sure, I do think that divination is a great way to move forward from that, like even just a coin or dice where you're just getting a yes or no, like, is this a message for me or is it for someone else? Yes or no. You know what that reminds me of is like that it kind of comes full circle to some of the things that we talked about earlier, where we're Mm -hmm. getting, we're as mediums, we'll get validation or confirmation of people coming through. And it reminds me of we, when we had done a live stream where we were both doing, we were practicing our mediumship for people and someone who came through for me uh, for someone on the chat, they showed me, do you remember this? They showed me a toque, like one of those hats with the ear flappies and the long oh, string. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And that person, yeah. the person that, that the spirit was coming through for said that they had a photograph with them wearing that hat. Mm-hmm. And that right there is a way that you can confirm who it is you're speaking to yeah. Through, like yeah. who's speaking through you to the other person. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's why I feel like that's why they tend to rely on visuals, at least for me. And, and Ariel, I, I believe you're saying the same for you is they kind of yeah. want those. They want to give you concrete examples that only you would know, you know, like we wouldn't right. know. We, we don't know. Them I like know. You do. Yeah. Like one of, one of the first um, in-person's uh, mediumship sessions I ever did for someone was I was doing a session for someone in my friend's crystal shop. And I was talking to these people, I was doing a card reading for them or something like that. And I kept seeing this man standing behind them, like this younger man, um, in the, in a plaid shirt. And usually when I see a spirit that I just know is not like a deity or something, I'll be like, Hey, so I am seeing this energy around you and they're appearing this way. Does that make sense for you? Because usually they'll come through in a way that those people would recognize, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're describing the way that they look or their energy or, you know, how they're coming through for you, um, however that is, whether it's visually or not, usually it will be enough for that person to be like, oh, that sounds like so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And when you say, oh, is this person passed? And they say, yes, then you can kind of proceed of like, would you like me to see if they have a message for you? And that's where consent comes in. You can have that consent to go forward. And from there, like they were showing me visions of beer bottles being mm-hmm. thrown towards a um, a barn. Oh, <laughs> and okay. I was like, I, was like I, I, this is so weird. I'm so sorry. But like, I keep seeing this person 
throwing these beer bottles and like throwing the cap down at their feet, but then throwing the bottle towards the barn and they start crying. Aww. And they said that, that was something that they always did. Aww. And I wouldn't have, ne- I would have never known that. No, of but, course not. Yeah. But that's like an example of the visuals. Like they'll yeah. give you a visual enough to confirm it for that person, but then they'll come through with more things, which yeah. I do want to, I, I do want to actually direct this to, this is an opportunity um, as well for people to get direction and coaching around mediumship. There are mediums who I can personally recommend who are really amazing at helping people develop their mediumship specifically. There's a, a couple different schools, but I would personally recommend um, Megan Alyssa. Uh, medium on TikTok. She's really amazing. The way that she approaches things is really beautiful. I, I, I'll i put her info in the description because I just really love the way that she approaches mediumship and the way that she talks about it is very similar to how Alyssa and I approach it. And I've watched a lot of her videos and she personally offers classes, but also refers to people to places where they can get classes on how to and develop their mediumship from beginner level. And I think that's really valuable for people who are wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that this is an opportunity to kind of see if that's something that you want to be doing. And if it is, then kind of going from there. Because there are, are ways that you can pay for people to help you do that. But there's also free resources as well mm-hmm. that she can recommend that are probably better than what I could recommend off the top of my head. So I would highly recommend her. Um, and like I said, I'll have her info in the description. But those, yeah, it would basically be along the lines of what Alyssa said of just, you know, understanding more of how spirit communicates with you um, because it's going to be different for everybody and how they communicate with you is going to help you identify whether or not the message is for you or someone else. Yeah. And, and again, practice always makes perfect in this case where the more exposure you have to spirit and different kinds of spirit will help you determine who's with you because, you Mm -hmm. know, because of what Ariel and I do for a living where we, you know, interact with deities as part of our practice, but also as part of our services to people, we are very attuned to the energy of a deity versus someone who has passed on versus other kinds of entities. So more practice will help you feel more confident in knowing who specifically is coming forward to you as well so that it can kind of help guide you like, okay, this is definitely someone who's passed on and it is not like a star coming in or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So another question we had was, if you are dealing with a nasty spirit, can they be ghost busted or do you <laughs> just have to banish them? Um, they were talking about someone who they knew would just consume the spirit's energy. And they're mm-hmm. wondering if that's something that would need to be done because that seems really scary and that you wouldn't want to interact with spirits who may have like bad intentions. So I do want to mention before we get super deep into this, that what that person, um, what that practitioner was doing of, as they described, quote unquote, consuming the spirit's energy is actually a form of chaos magic or baneful magic or necromancy. It's not quite all in the same thing, but it's utilized as a technique within those practices. And it's, it's a way of utilizing 
chaotic or uh, seemingly negative energy for your benefit. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, something that we would go into deeper on a different episode, but I just wanted to mention that for anybody wondering about that part of it, because we're not going to really go deeper into that part of that question. But as far as dealing with spirits that maybe are just not not as comfortable being around, I would approach it the first time trying to understand why. That's my personal approach. I like to know why they're acting the way that they are before banishing them. Me too. Um, Just because I personally want to make sure that I'm not banishing something that I could be actually helping. But for someone who is not either uh, feeling qualified enough to do that or feeling comfortable enough to do that. Like maybe you live with children or maybe you just don't feel comfortable doing that just in general yourself. Then that's when I would encourage banishing over trying to Mm -hmm. communicate with it first. Like Alyssa said, we do have an episode that goes over cleansing and protect uh, and banishing, cleansing and protecting. Um, So I highly recommend listening to that if you are dealing with a situation like that and how to like kind of get those energies out. But But I would also, uh, if you are comfortable wanting to try to communicate with what's there and see what it is that's causing it to approach things that way in a very chaotic matter, what I would recommend is using divination methods, whether that is a spirit board, which I know so many people are going to be like, (gasps) you can use a spirit board as long as you're doing it safely. Yes. Um, I I do have a video on how to use it safely on my TikTok, but honestly, all you really need to be doing is just setting up protection before you use a spirit board and Mm -hmm. that should cover you and be able to have you be able to communicate with what's there without having to be scared about things, you know, going wonky and approach it with respect. Even if it's acting rude, approach it with Mm -hmm. respect and talk to it with respect until you know that you should be acting differently and then say, you know, you're not welcome in my space. You need to leave now. And Bye. and dude, like that's literally boundaries. And I never shut up about boundaries. Y'all are probably boundaries so, are so important with actual tired. people and with spirits. Dude, you're probably so tired of me talking about boundaries, but I don't care. Boundaries are so important. <laughs> and you should be having setting firm boundaries when it comes to your home. So yeah. this, like I'm envisioning this experience happening in your home which you would have a different reaction to that than you would if you weren't at your house. Yeah. If you were like going to a paranormal investigation somewhere or something like that, that is up to the person that owns that space to deal with Mm -hmm. those spirits. Or if they want you to deal with it, then you can approach it the way that you feel fit. In my opinion, if you are going to a space that is not your personal home, it is up to the spirit of whether or not they should stay or not. Yeah. Unless I, I, I would agree with that. Issues. Unless they're Unless being they're, really problematic. Yeah. And, if they yeah. are causing issues or putting people in danger, that's yeah. when their, their consent is taken away in my opinion. Yep. But if you like, it bothers me so much when people go into spaces and don't ask the spirits if they want to cross over, they just like are trying to force them to do it. When they might not want to do it. Like, did you know that spirits can actually pretend to cross over? They're smart like that. They also can choose not to. (laughs) Yeah, an inexperienced medium can 
assume that a spirit has crossed over and they will just be like, okay, bye and do the and whole thing. Come back and then they'll just come back. Yeah. So it is important to remember that if it is not a space that is your home, you have to take into account one, how the activity is affecting the people that are residing there and whether or not it's putting people in danger. And if it is, my first approach would be to ask why and to get clarity on that. And then you know, ask them if they're willing to work with you and respect boundaries. And if not, then they, they need to go, they need to get kicked out. And, and I mean, we're coming at this as death witches, right? So we're coming at this and as paranormal investigators. Like, it's, uh, yeah, this is kind of what we love to do. We love to interact with spirits, whether they're chaotic it. or not. <laughs> but, but I do want to make it very clear though, if you are just overall uncomfortable with that scenario, it is your home, your space, your yeah. energy field. If it's you your space, it. do what you want with it. Yeah. You know? And don't don't feel bad about it either. Like, yeah. don't feel bad if you're setting that boundary for your space to be a calm, you know, inviting home. And you just, you know, you're just not the kind of person that wants to undertake that kind of work to 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 understand the spirit and you don't have to it's not your job to do that if you don't want to be so i i do want to make that clear but just underlining how important it is to just be respectful like you know it 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 never hurts to be polite while firm never yeah and it's also important to remember that there are going to be spirits in someone's house that are related to the land Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of respect that has to happen around the connections that spirits have to the land because you don't know for sure unless you are able to like really get confirmation of things that that spirit isn't indigenous to that land and Mm -hmm. in that case it is their space too and so you need to respect that and be able to navigate an understanding between you and that spirit of how you can navigate to that together so that they're comfortable and you're comfortable and my personal recommendation in regards to that would be saying, you know, this is, this is my personal home. And I understand that the land is sacred to you or important to you or part of what you knew. And I'm wondering if we can share the space. And if so, what would you need from me to feel comfortable doing that to where we're on a good understanding and a good basis with each other? You know, with that, you may want to be talking to someone who maybe feels that they have an easier time talking to spirit, whether that's a medium or, you know, someone else, if you don't personally feel comfortable doing that yourself, but if you do feel comfortable using divination or something like that, then you can ask them. And if they're still uncomfortable with you being on that space, then you can kind of say, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable with you on this property, but you are welcome to be anywhere else, which can be hard because I, morally I don't feel good about that but on at the same time there are scenarios where we unfortunately can't make peace with spirits and there has to be a compromise that that works for the people who are um living and it just yeah and I mean I I I'm I as you were talking about that I was thinking back that you know I've fostered a connection with the spirits of this land over many years and basically since moving here um, to where I live right now in Ottawa. And that took a long time to get there. It wasn't exactly easy and they weren't exactly super welcoming at first, but, but fostering that connection and, and treating the spirits of the land with respect and the flora and fauna of the land with respect, you may have a different experience over time. So it may not be that you need to completely 
you know banish them from your from you know your space forever yeah. it could you be can that- always ask them to just stay out of the home until you can right. make a more of a connection with them and more understand yeah. yeah. So I would I would implore you to consider that as a potential avenue as well. But but again, there is no there is no reason to feel bad for setting firm boundaries for your safe space. Your home is your oasis and your home is your safe space. And that should be exactly what it feels like. But I also wanted to add as well when it comes to uh cleansing, banishing and protection. If you are not a practitioner, an active practitioner, and even listening to the to the episode, if you're just like, I just don't think I'm like super cut out for that. There are people you can hire to facilitate that kind of work for you, whether it's myself or Ariel or Listen, someone else. If I could be everywhere at once, I totally would be. I'm same, literally <laughs> like same. If I could be just flying around, like going, to I would love to. Houses, not even using like you know a gas on planes. Like I'm talking about like just flying around with wings and shit. I would, okay? I would go up at your front door and be like, give me the ghosties. I, I, but I mean, like them. I, we get hired for that. Like I get hired for that. I get hired to help with banishing yeah, entities from I, people's I homes and yeah, cleansing and protecting remotely. Homes. And like, yeah. you, know, you can do example, things remotely. Babysitting ghosties, but like babysitting ghosties. Yeah. yeah. I have a little daycare for ghosties. Um, or well, forever care for ghosties I fucking love that so much um, oh, i love ghosties <laughs> so happy not gonna lie like it honestly actually gives me the warm fuzzies it, it makes me really happy <laughs> man we covered a lot in this episode we i hope we did that, that this was super exciting and you know insightful and informative and helped you kind of understand a little bit more the what life is like as a medium and you know, there's tips and tricks and whatnot and other um, materials to go and check out. It's spoopy season. So be nice to the ghosties. It's ghosty and season. And next time we're going to be recording for you guys, we're most likely going to be together. Ta-da! Yeah. It'll be a clash of the ferns. It's going to yes. be amazing. I can't wait. I'm I'm really excited. <laughs> so excited. And it's going to be during this spoopy season. So again, spoopy like... Season. You know, yeah. at the, if, you know, when the next episode comes out, you know, Samhain will have come and gone. So I wish you a, a safe and happy Halloween, however you choose to celebrate it. And same yeah. with Samhain. Have a good time. And I hope all your interactions are super awesome. And yes. thanks for all the support, by the way. We, our podcast, yeah. we've been it's so been excited. Really we so were excited. so happy. And the newsletter and the Discord, like, honestly, Arl and I were talking about this, how absolutely floored, (laughs) truly, because that's, it's, you know, it's just like, you're seeing your dreams kind of come alive and there's, is there really anything better? (laughs) Baby's walking and we're just so thankful. So, I mean, if you find this episode exciting or helpful or any others, feel free to share it along with other folks. Yeah. We're just, we're just so excited. So thank you and guys course, for all your like, support. If you have any questions, like don't be afraid to reach out to us via email. You can reach out to us at mysticwillownewsletter at gmail.com. gmail.com. For now, anyway. <laughs> for but now. You can also <laughs> message through Alyssa's or I's site or on mm-hmm. our Discord via the Ghost Tea Podcast channel under resources. Those are all different places that you can ask questions for the podcast or get in touch with us and 
just kind of ask us questions so we can have it on a future podcast episode. But we just, yeah, thank you so much for the support, everyone. We really, really appreciate it. And it means a lot. And we just want to make sure that that is being noted because it does mean a lot and we notice it and we see you and we are very, very grateful. And I'm so excited to see where the rest of the year goes to We're sending our love to you guys. So thanks again. And until next time, stay stay safe and stay curious. (laughs) That was so well done. (laughs) Bye. Bye.